quick tentative apology on this one. I put it up via my mobile so the formatting won't be too crash hot. I'll fix it later so hang in there. Chapter 2 Togo damn near trod on the sprite laying on the floor. It was dark and as far as he had known, he was the only person who had been in this room I hundreds of years. He had to hop over her and flailed his arms to try to keep his footing on the uneven floor. This led him to kick over the box he had returned to retrieve, sending appliance chips all over the floor. He let out a low rumble of annoyance that he would now have to search for them from all over the floor. He turned to regard the sprite. She was little but then all sprites were when you were a Yuruk. It was hard to make her out in the dark but he noticed the neat pointed toe boots and fashionably cut jacket and guesses she was a younger generation sprite, since his sister Zanny said ancient sprites were the one wearing soft flowy robes and no shoes. Toko sniffed the air and smelled blood along with the odd fresh scent all sprites seemed to have. Great. He crouched down over the sprite and used his gentle tinkerer hands to smooth her hair back from her face. A slight mumble told her she was still alive. Togo vaguely recalled that sprites go invisible when they were hurt so they could heal. Maybe that was an urban legend. He sat back on his haunches and it slowly dawned on him that he would need to do something. The smell of blood in her sticky hair as well as the fact she was unconscious on the floor, suggested she wasn't in a great condition. Togo wasn't sure if there was some sort of social convention when doing stuff with sprites, then shrugged since he didn't see any other options. He carefully eased his mid-arms beneath her prompting a weak groan and intended to gently lift her. Instead he suddenly jerked her into the air not realizing how light she was. The sprite let out a semi-conscious murmur of pain but remained limp. Now aware of the feather lightweight of his charge, Togo gingerly stood. He considered his box of scattered tech and decided against taking it. If she was in as bad a shape as the suspected he might need to cover ground quickly. Assuming that sprites were the same as Yurik's when it came to blood outside of the body indicating damage. Toka walked towards the door, carefully moving over the uneven floor and cringing as a crunching sound under his foot suggested he had probably just crunched one of the spilt chips. He had uncovered the room a few weeks earlier but had had to dig and cut away a considerable amount of collapsed building. Frankly, he had almost been surprised there was a room. The floor plan he had found was more like asking a child to describe a mansion for all the accuracy it contained after years of collapse and being buried beneath the soil but in the end it had been worth it for all the well-preserved tech it contained. The box of chips had been gathered throughout his explorations of the complex as well as a few new ones from Mulvesi he had intended to try in one of the consoles. More out of curiosity than any real expectation of use but it would now have to wait. The sun was bright when Togo emerged from the cavernous ruins and he blinked trying to get his bearing. He looked down at the sprite and hissed. One of her eyes was almost swollen shut and even though her face was covered in blood and puffy he could see she would normally have the sharp angular features of a sprite and thick black hair that with a few good braids was almost as good at a yurks, even if it was just on her head. Her lips were dry and cracked to the point of bleeding. Toko wondered if anyone was missing the sprite so he lifted his comms band to his face and called the Malvation Security Force, reporting that he had found a sprite in the ruins outside the city and was bringing her in. They sent a confirmation note and gave him the go-ahead. He knew they would check missing persons, and alert the local sprite security forces so hopefully no one would think he was trying to sprite-nap her. Toko carefully passed her to his top limbs and over his head back to his mid-arms to nestle her carefully on his back. It was an infant hold, Yurks usually used to carry litter when there was a need to move quickly and although it felt strange because there was only one of her, he felt she was secure. He sniffed the air and noted moisture that suggested rain was coming soon, 
and dropped into a sprinter stance before taking off. The Yurik sprinting stance involved a lolloping gallop that employed the use of four of a Yurik's six arms and their legs. The delicate arms would be tucked back out of the way, or in this case holding the sprite. He scrabbled and leapt over the rubble, carefully mindful of not jostling the injured sprite. Toka was covering the ground well until he felt the first few droplets of rain on his face. He flattened his ears down in annoyance. He hated getting wet like this, he would have to redo all his braids and the dampness under his long, thick fur down his back would take forever to dry completely. As the rain grew heavier, his mood darkened and he hoped the sprite would survive so she could appreciate his efforts. He was pointedly telling himself off for being so callous when the sprite began to stir, and he felt even more of an arse for not appreciating that she was bruised, cut, sore and now probably soaked. Toko slowed in his running and brought the sprite back over his head to where he could see her. He wasn't sure but she almost looked slightly better than she first had that she was half-heartedly licking at her cracked lips so Togo held his gentle mid-arms to give her a little more water. Her eyes fluttered open to reveal deep forest green eyes, which darted about it and then looked into his face. The sprite shrieked and battered Togo's arms. In his alarm he jumped and almost dropped her. While she didn't hit the ground, the motion jarred her badly and she let out a strangled yelp and grabbed at her shoulder. Togo realized she was far more injured than he first thought and quickly set her down on the ground, being careful to be gentle before baking away, making what he hoped was calming movements with all six of his arms. The sprite hadn't moved from where he had placed her and was breathing erratically. The rain is getting heavier and she was now laying in mud. Togo cringed at the swirl of red that was seeping into the puddles from the sprite. She coughed a little and slowly brought her hands up to push her hair back, letting the rain fall directly on her face. She slowly sat up and turned her head towards Togo. What the fuck do you think you are doing? She told him. Um, maybe saving you? Togo told her feeling slightly intimidated by the angry little sprite's caustic attitude. I don't need saving. She told him, turning her face into the rain. Togo frowned and rubbed at his neck that was becoming itchy as the water soaked in. Um, you were kind of passed out on the floor of an ancient ruin in a pool of your own blood didn't seem like good health. Toko pointed out wondering if he should be trying to keep the rain off her. The sprite scoffed in response and tried to stand. She staggered and sat back down, covered in even more mud. Toko cringed and wondered what she would do if he just picked her up again. Yeah, you still don't seem too hot. So, I'm going to give you a hand and take you back to the city. Toko moved towards her but she flicked a hand, one of her only two, to wave him off. Leave me. I'll be fine. Toko looked thoughtful since it would mean that he could go back and collect his tech chips, but decided it was probably her pride talking and something in his conscience wouldn't let him ditch her now. I don't think so. It's pouring. I have no issue with rain. And there are skeletons about the place. This caught her attention and she watched as she weighed everything in her mind and the argument left her. She didn't exactly agree but he decided that a lack of protest would suffice and frankly he was getting soaked. He crouched down and held out his hands. He gently helped her to her feet allowing her to support herself on his top arms while he steadied her with his mid-arms. Her legs shook although she seemed more alert than she had. Instead of an infant hold Togo held her seated in a cradle made of his lowest arms. It meant he couldn't move as quickly, but it seemed more polite than holding her like a baby. So, well... I'm Togo. In Yuruk. Obviously. I work with small tech and my hobby is old and new tech integrations. He glanced down at the sprite. 
The expression on her face suggested she thought he was the biggest loser on ire and he became a bit self-conscious. Maybe sprites didn't talk about things like that. Do sprites have names? He didn't think it as possible but her expression hit a higher level of incredulous. He felt ridiculous and flattened his ears back. You don't know many sprites do you? She asked skeptically. I, well, no. He admitted. She rolled her eyes and shook her head, but after a brief pause replied with, My name is Ziggy. I'm a water sprite and this is the first time I've ever caught a ride with a buck arms. Toka was momentarily confused as to what she meant until he realized it was a dig at his six arms. He always thought sprites looked odd with their single set of skinny little arms and wondered how they did heavy things like lifting and wrestling, or how they managed to do more than one thing at a time. He used to think it must make them sad to be so limbless. It had never actually occurred to him that they might think yurks were the odd ones. He almost asked how they coped with so few limbs but then wondered if it was a sensitive issue. He cleared his throat instead. So, what does it mean to be a water sprite? He asked and immediately wonder if that was rude. It means I can manipulate water and vapor if I have the energy, and water sustains me. Togo mulled it over as he walked and was about to ask about other elements when a sound caught his attention and his ears swiveled forwards. Something was approaching out of the twisted pile of metal and rubble. Togo paused and waited to see if he should put the sprite on his back and sprint. He had only encountered a skeleton once and was able to easily climb out of its reach, but there wasn't much to escape on here, plus he had the sprite with him this time. What is it? She asked twisting to look up at him. I hear something. He told her. A glint of something sparkling caught his attention and he waited to see if a crystal skeleton was about to emerge. Read on for chapter 3. Like what you read? Why not buy me a coffee?